It's estimated that humans have been on Earth for 200,000 years. And in that time, over 100 billion people have inhabited this planet. In our universe, there are 10 septillion planets. That's 24 zeros if you're counting at home. And in our galaxy alone, there are at least 500 million other planets that could possibly have life. You and I are two people, and I wish you a long, happy, healthy life. More than likely, we're both gonna live about 80 years. I wanna explain to you today why the most relieving fact of life is acknowledging that in this massive universe, in this ginormous galaxy, and in this long but ever so short life, the most relieving fact is acknowledging just how small we are. Welcome to episode eight of Dropout University, a podcast about learning what they don't teach you in school, and that's finding happiness on your own terms. My name is Josh Kervanek, and I dropped out of college because I was tired of constantly putting off the life I wanted just to get my degree. In the meantime, I wanted to share some of the most valuable lessons I've learned along the way. Let's get to it. What do you want to be when you grow up? Ah, everybody lets out a groan. I know, the worst question we ever got asked when we were younger. Most people, when they were asked this question as a kid or in high school, they based it on their passion, on what they liked to do, right? Because when we were young, that was the simplest way to figure it out. What do I enjoy and what do I want to spend the rest of my life doing? 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, maybe every week until that social security finally saves up for me or my pension or my 401k makes it and I can quit and actually enjoy the last five to 10 years of life. Other than when I was younger and I was gonna be a baseball player or a football player, anything that I could make a lot of money and be really famous for, I based what I wanted to be on what position would put me in a place to reach as many people as possible. That's always how I thought about my career. When I was a sophomore in high school, I finally landed on being a high school teacher. See, I come from a low-income, single-parent household, and I saw education as the great equalizer. I thought that by the time I got my bachelor's and probably my master's, I would finally be on a level playing field with everyone who came from those perfect two-parent homes and had everything, right? Because I would be legitimate to the world. I would be able to make enough money I would be on that same plane as everyone who came from a more advantageous starting point than me. Well, everybody knows the best way to get into a career in the U.S. is to give away your labor for free. So I started a mandatory volunteer position, a.k.a. an unpaid internship. And when I was a senior in high school, they somehow convinced me to intern at a middle school in the same town where I was going to school. Quick side note, middle school teachers are 
probably the most hard and courageous people you will ever meet in your life. Walking into a middle school classroom, you will smell some smells that you have never smelled in your life and never thought were possible. And you will hear some things that you just don't really understand. So shout out to all middle school teachers. Once I started my internship, it didn't take long for me to realize that teachers are incredibly bound by the funding they receive, the standards they have to teach, and the quote unquote best practices that they're supposed to use, which aren't really the best practices, they're just what's accepted at the time. And so a couple weeks after starting this, I was scrambling a little bit and I was like, oh man, I had this whole, you know, 10 year plan, you had it all figured out, you're ready to go. So I decided to make a small pivot and I was gonna work my way through teaching, put my five, six years in and become a school administrator. Now, to be completely honest, this is when my white savior complex started coming through because I wanted to go into an underperforming school in a low income area and be the administrator who came in with all this energy and zeal and turned it all around, right? In my mind, I was just gonna come at it with more energy. I was gonna come at it with a different kind of passion. And that was going to turn the school around and I'd be recognized for it and get the big Coca-Cola administrator of the year and get an ugly wooden plaque to put on my wall. I saw all these big problems and wanted to be part of a big solution. I finished up my internship and then I got to college as a secondary ed major and I realized that I was just one person and that there aren't really big solutions at all. And if there were, somebody would have probably already done it by now. It's like I talked about in episode three, when you're looking at change, there's only one kind of change. And that's the change that's going to come from within. The change that comes from changing your behaviors, your thought patterns, how you treat people. Or as my favorite poet, Jermaine Cole, AKA J. Cole says, the only real change comes from inside. Change by J. Cole, highly underrated song. Definitely should go listen to it if you haven't heard it. You see, if you can reach one person in your life and really impact their life for the better, you've made your mark. And I still struggle with this to this day. To be completely transparent, when I finally decided to drop out of school and to leave my last job and start this podcast and kind of commit to a, a new way of life, I made this big announcement video on Instagram and it had cool transitions and I was using my fancy new camera and a little part of me believed this video would blow up, right? And people would instantly jump behind it and it would have hundreds of shares and people coming in the comments from all over the country and all over the world. And this is amazing and this is so cool and you're an inspiration. And, and a part of me wanted that. A part of me was looking for that. But it's just like I said in the intro, realizing how small you are is a relief. It takes the pressure off of you. There are 7 billion people on the planet right now. I'm not really great with numbers, obviously, I'm a dropout. But I think the probability would be pretty low that one person could inspire 7 billion people to completely change their way of life. Even in our country in the US, there's 250, 270 million people. 
And politicians who have this giant platform find it incredibly difficult to get people to commit to new values. And it's hard for us to even support politicians with differing values, even if it might be better for us. The biggest reason for you to realize how small you are, to acknowledge and to accept that as a good thing is because it will keep you grounded exactly where you are. It will teach you that nothing is more valuable than the interaction or the moment that you find yourself in right now. That conversation with the grocery store cashier that you're having, where you have an opportunity to bring a little bit of happiness or to bring a smile to someone who's being berated by a mom couponer who's super upset that her order came out 37 cents more expensive than she was expecting. That interaction and your opportunity to be genuine is more important than organizing the canned food drive at your church that's going to collect 500 cans of baked beans and take it to your community. See, change won't come from a mass movement, but change will come from a collective, individual decision to commit to a new way of life. I'm not here to decide for you what that new way of life is. I'm not here to make that decision for you. I can't, although I wish I could, I struggle enough just to make it for myself every day. As I leave today, I wanna to share an old mission statement from my home church. And it's not religious at all, but our old mission used to be each one reach one. And I would say this to myself over and over throughout the day as I sat there thinking about these huge problems that I wanted to put up a fight against in my life and would get overwhelmed thinking about where to even start. That whatever it is, whatever you see in your life, whatever you want to dedicate your life to solving or to making an impact on, if you can reach one person, if each one of us could reach one person in that area and make a positive impact, we will win, we will get there. That's my time for this week. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode spoke to your life at all, share it with a friend or a stranger. And new episodes drop every Monday, so don't let the conversation end when this episode does. This has been Dropout University, Season 1, Episode 8. I'm Josh Kravanek. Be you, be great, and until next time.